you know, when you're making 25K and then 15K and then 5K and then you're running ads and then you're going over here and, you know, you're doing all these things, it's so easy to get caught up in um, trying to, to pass your lifestyle off as marketing, right? How many people mm. go out and buy cars to prove that mm. their business is successful or they buy designer to prove that their coaching program works and it's like girl i don't need to live in a penthouse and drive a range rover for me to know that i am one of the best people to do marketing automation on the internet period talk your shit talk your shit welcome to the uncensored show with your host george Paul, where we share the mindset tips tools strategies and stories on how to use your money to do more of what you love and what you were called to do Money is like gas on a road trip. Sure, you need it to get where you're going, but you're not going on a tour of gas stations. Money fuels your journey. The question is, what's yours? Live life uncensored. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to a very very special episode of the uncensored show uh, we have officially added a new segment you can basically say we have a new co-host i'm super excited about it because that means i ain't got to think of every damn thing um and y'all are gonna love her she's already been on the show before we already casually talked about um having her back we, we couldn't figure it out immediately but we came around to it and now we have emily de la cruz is our official resident expert for the culture what's up em Hey, hey, hey. I'm so excited to be here. It's been a while, George, but we're about to kick this thing off and keep it rolling. About to keep it rolling. So real, real quick, just so y'all know, we'll probably like release it as like, uh, you know, when stuff blows up, they have never before seen footage. Uh, so we actually already did a whole episode like a few weeks ago. We recorded it. We talked for like an hour and a half. Y'all know I'm long winded. And uh, your boy dropped the ball on editing, you know what I'm saying? So, which is why we're here. So, it was, it was a happy accident because it was just like, yeah, you know, we want to start something new, but I think we jumped in the fire a little too fast. So, we like, so M had the bright idea. Um, and I say bright, actually, because the sun is like blaring in my face first thing in the morning. Um, but she had the bright idea saying, hey, look, you already got a podcast. We, we already know how that, how that works. You already got the editor. Like, let's just slide in a nice little segment into that and then as it grows we can decide to grow out of it and create our own show so that's why we're here so y'all are responsible for making that happen because i know y'all probably want to hear more than me and that's cool i don't have an ego like that's fine so if y'all want that to happen then y'all just gotta let me let me know by reviews shares and all that kind of stuff and then we'll ultimately carve out its own segment because the culture and coin show is the cooler uh, cooler little brother of Capital Wise, right? Where we talk about all things culture and coins. So today we're just going to jump right in, talk about a few topics. And then again, let us, know how, let us know how you're resonating with the information so we can keep bringing it back every single week. So, and what you want to talk about today? So if you guys follow me on Instagram at Emily Dela Cruz, I'm not going to find it. So just go in the show notes and look for it there. But um, so if you follow me on Instagram, I've been reading this book called Everyday Millionaires. Um, I wear a future millionaire chain every day. Like I'm really 
focused on becoming a millionaire. And with social media, I think, especially Instagram, where it's like every day you see six figures in one day, you know, six figures in two months, one million in a year, right? right. You start to think like becoming a millionaire is this faraway thing. So reading Everyday Millionaires by Chris Hogan, who is part of like the Dave Ramsey network of gurus, if you will, um, published a book where he studied um I believe it was 10,000 millionaires. And he wanted to basically find the threads, find the things that were in common. And what I loved about that book was that it really made it so tangible to be a millionaire. So it feels so possible to be a millionaire. It's not a question of like, will I become a millionaire? It's just how long is it going to take me? So I kind of want to bounce some of these stats off of you, George, you know, as a financial planner. And just, um, there were just a lot of stats that really, shocked me um, because I think it was a different time. So I'm interested in kind of like hearing your perspective on some of these uh, and like, you know, what you've seen with your clients and stuff like that. 100%. Yeah, let's let's talk about it. All right. So the first thing was, you know, we always assume that wealthy people, that millionaires inherit their money. But according to the book, only 70, excuse me, 79% of people receive zero inheritance and only 16% of um, millionaires inherited more than 100K. So even the people that inherited money, a lot of them didn't inherit millions. They maybe inherited like a life insurance policy or, um, you know, a parent's 401k, or maybe they had like a wealthy um, family or something like that. But for the most part, 80 per, almost 80% of people who become millionaires do it by, you know, their work. Another yep. cool thing was 79% of those millionaires reached it through their employer-sponsored retirement plan. They didn't do it through Forex. They didn't day trade <laughs> stocks. They didn't do real estate. They right. didn't, you know, start a business. Um, they didn't, you know, it's just like all the things that we see on the internet that people are claiming is going to make them millionaires is not what millionaires do, right? Right. Um, so now in the entrepreneurial space, I was like, dang, I don't have, you know, a for an employer sponsored 401k, right? I don't have like a match or, or whatever. So right. what are some of your clients doing to kind of like build millions um, in a steady way that isn't, you know, necessarily through like a company 401k? Yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? So with the beautiful age of social media, I mean, I, I had this recurring joke with a friend. Like you said, you got these people say just just 90 days ago, I only had 90 cents in my account. Just 90 days ago. <laughs> right, right. And now I have 90 million and I can show you how to do it if you watch this video for 90 seconds. Like, shut up, right? And so it's the idea of like generating money so fast and so quick. It just has, it has become addicted to it. But like when you talk to real millionaires, the reality is it's just a tried, true and boring process, right? It's nothing, it's nothing that fancy, right? You invest in stocks over an extended period of time. And like you said, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, right? And, and that's just the process. And so for my clients, so I answered your question. You said, what about some of my clients doing um, who don't um, have like company sponsored plans or 401ks, right? The beautiful thing about uh, money is this mathematic, right? So it's like, all right, um, all you have to do is reverse engineer. We know what the stock market has done historically over you know several years, right? We can look at a period of just even 40 years and see what it's done. So we simply reverse engineer. We, we look at it conservatively. We're not going to, you know, aim for the stars on, you know, option trades and things of that nature. It's like, hey, look, even if you invested in ETFs, which I'll explain later what that is, over a consistent period of time, you will absolutely become a millionaire. So my clients who don't have 401ks, we simply open up a brokerage account. 
right? And then we, if they don't have match, we just, uh, again, reverse engineer, well, how much do they have to contribute in totality to still hit their target? But it really is easy. And it's just so funny to me. And because a lot of my advisor friends don't like that I do it. But I tell my clients, you're not paying me for asset management. It's really easy. Technology has made it super simple, right? Like you're not paying me for that. You're paying me for accountability to make sure you actually do it. Are you paying me to give you advice to see how this fits into your overall plan and to know what your target number is? Right, that's what you're paying me for. And my advisor friends don't like that because it's like, oh, well, you're letting them know that we don't have to do a lot of work anymore. But that's fine because there's a lot more human elements that I'd love to focus on, like remembering, you know, that your kid is a star of baseball and, and asking how he's doing. But I can't think about that stuff, and I got to think about plates and trades all day long. Right. right. So it's just really, it's not. I don't have like a, a crazy answer. It's yeah. take some money. Put it in the stock market. Um, if you don't have a 401k, that's going to be a, a brokerage account or a managed account um, through a plenty of providers. You know, you can do now, you can even do it on your phone through Robinhood. You can do TD Ameritrade. There's plenty of them. Of course, you can, you know, call us and we can open up. Don't one. Be out here plenty of people who's not cutting us a check. Indeed. You know, I try to be unbiased, but thank Go you. Go to capitalwise.co and click on the tab that says start investing. Right. So, so in real me back in, I was trying to be unbiased, but yeah, you know, come holler at us and we'll get you, and we'll get you started, you know? And that's really because I feel like, which I'm a victim of this too. It's like, as soon as somebody like gives me information on the internet, like I think I'm an expert. So this like, now you are Robin hood buying up all types of stock. And then you mad at me in the DMS because we told you, and it's like, we did not, we did not. Mm-hmm. That's um, what I said that Kanye meme yesterday. Like you, you give somebody advice, but you don't. But you, you throw your hands up just in case somebody ruin their ruin their life. Man, I don't know. That's on you. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it's, it's, it's boring. It's tried and true. Mm-hmm. Set it, set it, and forget it. And you look up, and it's like, oh shoot, I got a little bit of coin. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's really that's really it. And one thing I think people don't realize too is like to hit millionaire status is net worth, which also the book kind of like change my perspective around because it's like if I have a $300,000 house that I've paid off that goes towards my millionaire status right so I may have 300k in house I may have 500k in a 401k and then I might have the rest actually cash right sitting somewhere Um, but most people actually their wealth isn't liquid you know it's sitting in assets it's sitting in accounts it's it's sitting in things that they can't touch until they're 49 56 and a half whatever you know the um, the ages and in the Mm -hmm. book they also said that the average millionaire hits the million dollar mark for the first time at 49 and less than 5% get there in less than 10 years. So yeah. for me, who's like, I need to be a millionaire by the time I'm 35 and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like, yes, it may be possible. But yeah. again, it kind of like comforts me to know that most people, <laughs> you know, do it slow and steady, right? They do it slow and steady. They do it over time. So for me personally, some of the things that I've been doing, or I should say looking into doing to build wealth faster is so most of us obviously take out a 30-year mortgage on our home mm-hmm. um so obviously that's 30 years that i'm gonna be paying the bank 30 years i'm gonna be paying on interest 30 years that is just it's just too long so trying to come up with a plan to pay my house off in 10 to, to 15 years may, might even you know refinance um my mortgage and get into a 15-year plan um, and you know what, just take the L on that couple hundred dollars more that is going to cost me a month on my mortgage, but knowing that's going to be paid off and it's going to be an asset that's owned free and clear is more important to me than like the monthly payments. Right. Um, and then also like, so I have an IRA, a Roth IRA, a self, um, directed 401k and stuff like that. Um, so also just focusing on, you know, balancing like how I 
invest into those. So right now I invest equally an equal amount into both of them. Mm-hmm. But um, what do you think about like prioritizing one or the other, like, you know, after tax investing versus pre-tax versus self-directed, like, yeah, um, yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, investing in accounts where you've already taken care of the tax liability. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Here's why. Because most people don't. Really, let's do it. So most <laughs> people, most people don't think about this, right? But they don't realize a couple of things. Number one, four one case or traditional IRAs are are, are taxed deferred, right? Meaning that at some date far in the future you're going to have to pay taxes. Even though you think your tax bill is big now, even though you're like, man, I pay too much in taxes. The reality is we're in the second lowest marginal tax bracket that we've ever been in in history. And I'm, and I'm not really a gambler, but if I, if I were to gamble, I would bet that there's a bigger chance that taxes will go up at some point in the future versus go down. And so me, when I retire, you're going to be on a fixed income, right? Fixed income, meaning that money is being distributed from your assets or you're pulling down from another bucket of money. And so I don't want to be responsible for having to pay taxes in the future because a lot of times people think like when you put money in a 401k, the government is doing you a favor by saying, hey, look, we're going to text, give you a penalty if you pull this money out before age 59 and a half. The reason why they're going to give you a penalty is not to protect you from taking, touching your own money. It's because you're messing up the government's cash flow plan, right? Because here's how the government works. They say, all right, look at Emily. She's working from 25 to 65, right? And we're going to get money from her every year that she works from her paycheck. And then when she retires, after her, her money has grown to something that's actually meaningful, because in the beginning years of your career, the 401k is peanuts, right? But by the time you retire, when you're a millionaire, then we want to tax that money as ordinary income at that time. So now they've effectively created tax revenue on you for the rest of your life, right? And that's what people don't realize, because your, tax, your, your 401k is going to be taxed as ordinary income at retirement. Now, there is a strategy called a backdoor Roth conversion, Right. And what I mean by that, give us a T, give us a scams, give us the, give us, <laughs> let's get it. Let's get the, the real game. See, see, it the brings game. Out of me. I mean, okay. The white collar game is what I need. This is exactly what it is. So, so if you want to be wealthy, understand the tax code, just first and foremost, if you want to be wealthy, understand the tax code, but there's a strategy called the backdoor Roth conversion. And what that is, is the government left an intentional loophole because of course, those who write the laws want to leave the loopholes for themselves. And what they did is they said, hey, look, you can only contribute X amount of dollars towards a Roth. And it goes up incrementally every year, like 500 bucks. So, you know, this year might be like 6,000 or 6,500 that you can contribute to a Roth, right? But that's it. And then if you make a certain amount of money, there's phase out limits where you can't even contribute. And remember, a Roth IRA is the account where it's, you've already paid taxes and then you don't have to worry about paying taxes ever again, as long as you take the money out of retirement. So the way you avoid that limit is you convert money from your, IRA or your 401k over to a Roth because there's no limit on conversions. Keyword, contributions, there's a limit. Conversions, there's not. So what that means is in my working years, I systematically convert chunks of my traditional 401k over to a Roth IRA so that when I get ready to retire, I have no tax liability. And I only convert just enough over each year as I get closer to retirement that won't bump up my current year tax bracket that crazy. That's the game to have a tax free retirement. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Wonderful. It goes on Google. <laughs>
Um, yeah, because I always, you know, I always have like this kind of internal battle of especially like, you know, being self-employed, being an entrepreneur, you know, a lot of companies don't offer benefits. A lot of companies, even being an employee, like, you know, in the book, it said that only 18 percent of millionaires that were surveyed um, had a business. All the other ones had regular jobs with the top three occupations being engineers, accountants, and teachers. And 68% of them didn't have student loan debt. In 2020, baby, that's impossible. It's impossible to come across somebody who doesn't have student loan debt, mm-hmm. right? It's impossible to come across somebody who doesn't have a side hustle, who's not trying to like do something. So I feel like there's a gap in teaching you know, people who make money unconventionally how to truly build wealth, which is why, you know, obviously I got so interested in the topic and I've been studying it and and I linked up with you because I'm like, there's nobody talking about, you know, what to do if you're not the average Joe Schmo that lives in Kansas, you know, who went to school and is doing their thing, you know, as a second grade teacher. Yeah. Um, So for me, what I, I always you know, keep in the back of my mind is, you know, how am I going to catch up with these people who have quote unquote been building wealth for so long? You know, my friends have been in corporate America forever with a 4% match and like this and that, and, you know, all these things that are kind of set up to help employees win, but there's nothing really to set up to help entrepreneurs win um, in the long term. There's 500 courses, 5 million coaches, 5,000 million, you know, resources to grow a business, but I can count on one hand, you know, the real resources around building wealth, right? Because what exists out there is like, here's how to wholesale real estate. Here's how to day trade, whatever. Here's how to do stocks. Come join this MLM company. Come do this other thing, right? And we're getting pulled in so many directions that it's really, really hard to hone in on like, this is the one thing that I'm going to do for the next 20 years to make sure that I can retire. And a lot of people, you know, retire early as well. So how do you kind of like take that into, you know, account too? like if I'm, yeah, I'm putting money in this 401k or in this Roth or whatever, but if I have to wait till I'm 59, you know, to pull out the money, but I want to retire at 40, what I'm going to do for those 19 years. Right. Right. That's a good question. So, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, which you just said, like to your point, there's not a lot of resources on how the entrepreneur can build wealth. And I think the first thing that we got to think about, as business owners is not being so overzealous with being eager to be this full-time entrepreneur because you think that that's what it takes to be the boss, right? What you want to do is you want to have stable because people don't understand the psychological component to wealth, right? The psychological component to, to being um, in a good position as an entrepreneur. And I would much rather you do it at a time when you have a stable footing, because at the end of the day, like, I don't care what you do. Like, if you're an accountant, if you're an artist, like if you have an idea in your head and you bring it to life, you're a creative. I think people could narrow, people narrow the guardrails on creative to like these artsy fartsy people, but like mm-hmm. if you any kind of business, you're creative. And so when you're stressed about money and all you're worried about is how can I generate more money? How can I grow this business? And you're not focused on what you're going to look up one day and it's like, Oh shoot, I, I spent so much time trying to build this business. I was stressed out half the time. I probably pulled money out of 401k because my business wasn't making money. You know, 401k you had before you left, like you're going to look up one day and to your point, you're not going to have enough time to catch up. Right? So I think it's very important for entrepreneurs to take a step back and be okay with a slower, going back to your earlier point, a slower process to building a sustainable business so that by the time you're an entrepreneur full time, you're treating yourself as an employee, 
right? Treating yourself as employed. My business has X amount of dollars. My business pays me. And with this money, I'm treating myself like an employee. I have money going to 401k. I have money going to this account. Because if not, I'm telling you, like you're going to, you're, you're going to have this constant battle of ebbs and flows of, you know, trying to be this guru business person who has no stable footing. And now you're doing two things bad, right? Because you, because you're subconsciously stressed about money and are you doing the right things that you used to do in your corporate America? You're not able to thrive in your business, right? So you, you're, you're half-assing that whether you realize it or not. And then on top of that, you're not able to build that wealth foundation. So now you're, you're, you're screwed on both angles, right? So my advice for the entrepreneurs is again, to put yourself in a position on stable footing, ignore social media, ignore everybody. Like for example, my wife still works. The income that my business generates, she probably could not work, right? But we're just trying to be independently wealthy earlier. So instead of me, you know, you know, having ego and saying, hey, you can be a stay-at-home mom and do, and do that, do that by, we, we look at our, looked at our numbers and we we're like, you know, we could, but that's going to slow up the process, right? So let's, let's wait a little while um, before we make that move so that we can do the right things. But that goes back to being prudent, right? If I wanted to be overzealous, then she might have quit two, three years ago. And so you just have to look at the numbers. You have to um, be consistent and you have to do things on your timeline and don't let society rush you because entrepreneurship is stressful. Don't let nobody fool you. Like don't let the glamorized uh, pics in front of the fake, I mean, in front of the jets that they don't own, the Lamborghinis that they rented, the, the traveling work from anywhere. Like it's all BS. Like I'm not, I'm not saying it's not possible. I, I wouldn't trade in what I do for the world, but we also want to give you like the real tea. Like right. entrepreneurship is great, but M gave you stats. Like, like these are real numbers. Most people who became millionaires did it this way. So, so stop thinking that you're an anomaly in that you're somehow going to be the 1% that does, makes your first million at 32 and you, know, you don't have to do some of the tried and true principles. So my biggest advice not to beat a dead horse is to put yourself in a position where you can treat yourself like an employee. Mm-hmm. Right? Put yourself, get, a, get a company, get an LLC, become taxed as an S-corp so that you can formally set up your payroll the right way. You can get gusto, gusto, I don't know how you say it. It's like eight to $12 per employee. It's super cheap. Like now because of technology, having payroll as a business owner, you just been this big thing. Like, oh my gosh, I have payroll. Like, but now you can do it relatively cheap. Set yourself up as an employee and then, and then live your lifestyle off of that money and, and maintain that consistency. Because what happens is you get, a, you get a big month, you make 20 racks, 25 racks, and then you spend 15, 20. You have another month, make 25 bucks, and you're screwed. And so you go through this constant roller coaster, and you're never able to build the slow and steady path to wealth. Wealth, building wealth is boring, but it's, it makes you feel secure. It makes you have peace of mind. And without peace of mind, your wildest business dreams will never manifest anyway. So get your peace of mind. If you got to go back to corporate America if, in, for a period of time, if you got to get a roommate, do what you got to do to get your mind together. And one of the things I always say is lose everything. Just don't lose yourself. I don't care what you got to lose. I don't care if you got to sell your house. I don't care if you got to sell your car. I don't care if you got to, I don't care. Just don't lose yourself in the process of trying to flex or to impress society as to what you think being a boss looks like. Being a boss looks like I can pay my bills on time. Being a boss looks like I'm not up until two in the morning working because I'm burning the candle at both ends. Mm-hmm. Being a boss looks like making strategic decisions objectively, regardless of how it looked to other people. That's what being a boss looks like. You know, you know what a boss looks like at the highest level? I'm, I own a corporation and 
I hired this person who I would love to keep on my team, but if the way the business is going right now, I got I to gotta let some people go in order for the corporation to thrive. Your personal life is the same way. Look at your bank account and you're an entrepreneur and the money ain't popping right now, you need to go get, get, go get a job, right? Make a strategic decision so you don't drown just because you, you, you feel like it's going to look bad to the outside world. So I know that was a lot, but um, I just really want, because our firm is dedicated to helping entrepreneurs, public figures, and tech founders. So like, I want you guys to know it's okay to do things uh, the regular, regular route, because obviously regular people are becoming millionaires every day. Mm-hmm. What's up, guys? George Paul here, founder of the Melanin Million Movement. Did you guys know that the Melanin Million Movement is on a mission to help 100,000 people of color invest their first or next $1,000 in the stock market, effectively creating $100 million of new wealth among people of color. If you haven't heard about it, head over to melaninmoney.com. Check out the Get Started page. There's also some great apparel on the site to help you spread the word without having to say a thing. What we know across the board is like investing is the way to build wealth, right? I, I don't know who said it, but the quote is like, if you don't figure out how to make money in your sleep, you'll always be working for money or something like Warm that, buff. something along those lines. Um, mm-hmm. who still lives in like the same house that he's lived in forever. And like, my man's just doing it right. But, um, you know, one thing that I realized, like, you know, with my clients, like the more and more CEOs that I work with, you know, who are on the shelves of Target and are over here making millions and, you know, make 200K in a day and like do all this stuff, right? They are, they work and they treat their business just like they do an employee. They clock in for a certain amount of hours. They have an office that they go to every day, if not every other day, right? They, um, have a salary that they they pay for they're on payroll just like everybody else like mm-hmm. they're an employee of a, of a company that they just so happen to own right but they're still an employee and therefore you know they operate accordingly i've right. been paying myself as an employee for a year and a half now and it was the best decision i ever made because it was never contingent upon how much money am i making this month it was just contingent upon this is my paycheck and i know based <laughs> on this paycheck 50% of this is going to my living expenses, 30% of this is going to play, and 20% of this is going to investing, and that's that on that, right? And when you have this stable, it's a lot easier to calculate and be consistent when you have consistent numbers to look at, right? But, you know, when you're making 25K and then 15K and then 5K and then you're running ads and then you're going over here and, you know, you're doing all these things, it's so easy to get caught up in, um trying to to pass your lifestyle off as marketing right how many people go out and buy cars to prove that their business is successful or they buy designer to prove that their coaching program works and it's like girl i don't need to live in a penthouse and drive a range rover for me to know that i am one of the best people to do marketing automation on the internet period shit Talk yo shit. you know and i was literally i was literally thinking about that last night like i could and i say this humbly right I can shut down a lot of these, these fake financial gurus by asking all of us to post screenshots of our bank accounts and our investment accounts. Right? Anybody about that life there? But people want to show you the tangible stuff that you think success looks like. Mm-hmm. But that ain't it. I'm telling you. And what's, what's my girl's name? Um, I can't think of her name right now. She posted something the other day. What good is a seven-figure business when you ain't got four in your account? Like, you know what I'm saying? You ain't got four figures. Like, guys, like, this don't... There's no future in front.
like flexing, you know, freedom over flexing, I guess is what I'll say. It's like, I don't need to show you my money. Like I know we live in this era and I get from marketing. If you're like a marketing guru, you got to show like the numbers. And it's like, I made this, but I'm sorry. I'm still old school. Like, and you know, I, I don't want nobody to pull up. I mean, granted I'm, I'm strapped, you know, but I, I'm, I'm just old school. It's like, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I'm, we live in, I mean, as a matter of fact, what's my guy named just passed away? Pop Smoke, RIP Pop Smoke. Um, you know, I don't know the full story. But, you know, they said that, like, he was the other, you know, the, just that earlier that day, he was posted, he had a picture with one, I think his brother, he had a bunch of money beside his, beside his ear, and then he had a party that day, and it's just, it's, what about Cardi B? Cardi B and Offset, when they bought their house, they went on live and gave people a whole tour of their house, and somebody in the comments was like, look at them giving the thieves a layout of their home, and it's like, <laughs> why are you doing this like congratulations so happy that you got this house congratulations you know you you're successful but it's like y'all really out here risking it all like there's not people out here that will rob y'all it is right. 2020 people will still rob you that has right. my it's, it's always jack season <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like it's not like it's not sweet out here like people think are just getting too comfortable with their internet cousins and thinking it's all love but again i'm not knocking the hustle like i feel like if, if you're doing that like the intent is everything. Like I understand like if your business is showing people how to do certain things and you're doing that for results purposes and there's no ego tied to it, I get it. Right. But some of us got to pull back on that one. Cause we just talked about, it, you don't want to get robbed, but two, like, it's just, it's just unnecessary. <clears throat> Excuse me. But yeah, what were we talking about? <laughs> you know, you know how we'd be going off on tangents. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you know, speaking of pop smoke and just like celebrities and stuff like that, I know a lot of us are still thinking through processing the whole Kobe Bryant mm -hmm. situation, the whole, you know, shocker that that was to the world. But then also now it being, you know, a few weeks later, life continued as usual, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's so interesting that death can have such an impact on you when obviously when it's not a close relative or somebody that you know for a couple of days or maybe a couple of weeks and you process it and then you know like life goes on but mm -hmm. um one thing that i think kobe did leave was you know the mamba mentality that we all talk about right the the right. hard work the ethic the passion the the loving life and and family and all that in a way that i think a lot of I think LeBron does a good job of, of doing that as well. Um, but in a way that we haven't seen before, because, you know, most athletes and entertainers are holding money up to their ear and driving these cars and partying and popping bottles and looking for validation, you know, in places outside of money and off of the field and the court. But I know um, Kobe was definitely in the news because he, before they passed away, um, he had trademarked Mambasita, right? And mm -hmm. I had tweeted a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I really believe that Gigi is going to be the first woman in the NBA, period. Like, yeah. on period. Like, she... I got a chance. She had a chance. She played ball like an athlete. Like, not a female athlete, like an athlete. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and it was just so interesting to see how, you know, Kobe as a father was, was so forward thinking in, you know, getting her name trademarked and, and investing in the team and like just all of the moves that he was making um, going into retirement. Right. Um, and just, I, I just love when I see people who actually have money manage it well. Yes. Especially in the athlete and entertainer room. Cause like, like, how do you mess up that much money? You know, people, when you hear the story about people going broke, I mean, I know how they do it, but it's just like, how, Sway? 
Um, so yes, RP Kobe Bryant, Gigi, and all the other people that were on the plane were still still mourning that loss. Um, but one of the things that he actually said is he wanted to be known as an investor more than he did, you know, an athlete, right? And I think that just says a lot about him knowing the importance of being investor, equity, and ownership. Um, before I even move on to some of his investments that he made, um, I saw somebody just yesterday that posted something on Instagram that said um, Phil Knight is worth like thirteen point one billion. Michael oh, Jordan. Yeah. 1.1 billion right we're playing the wrong game people love to argue on the internet right <laughs> and so it's like you know granted one one billion dollars is a ton of money right but it's the fact that we we associate nike at least for a lot of years with jordan and the jordan brand so the fact that even as much public notoriety because there's some people you could ask who won't know who phil knight is right you say that name phil knight it's like who is that but he's the owner of nike right and so it just plays into the fact that equity and ownership is the true path to wealth, right? You can be a star athlete, you can be a star artist, all those things. But if you have real equity in companies, and again, Nike's a company that you can invest into on the New York Stock Exchange, um, that's the pathway to wealth. But let's, so thinking about Kobe as an investor, so he um, launched a firm in his retirement um, called Bryant Stibble. Um, and that firm, some of their more notable investments were into Dell. We all know about Dell computers. I mean, I don't use Dell, but I'm sure in corporate America, they still use it. Dell, um, I'll, because when I tell you, Dell is the worst computer yeah. provider. I'm trying to figure out, maybe they, saw some <laughs> maybe they saw some innovation coming that we didn't see. Um, okay, hopefully. Alibaba, which is a huge platform. It's like the, the Amazon of, of, of the East in China. Um, Epic Games, and probably the most notable, uh, Body Armor, which Kobe and his firm made an initial investment of $6 million, and they flipped that to $200 million because Body Armor got acquired by uh, Coca-Cola. So, yeah. So, Kobe was well on his way. Kobe was well on his way to being a prolific um, investor um, through his firm, Brian Stibble. So, guys, like, if we don't learn anything else from Kobe, to M's point, set your legacy up, have the intentionality, right? Like, you know, have the, have the foresight to see where your, your legacy is going, right? He saw that for himself. He saw that for his daughter. And that's why he trademarked her name. And, and, and then, you know, Kobe, even if you looked at his Instagram bio, he didn't mention former NBA athlete, former all-star basketball wasn't even mentioned, right? Because he was more focused on where he was going next, than where he had been. That's somebody who was arguably one of the top three af athletes of all time, not just basketball players, athletes of all time, right? Who didn't even mention it in his bio because he was so focused on where he was going um, and building out this legacy through his investment firm and all the things that he was doing with his family and his daughter and all that. So, you know, we can learn a lot from Kobe, RIP Kobe and, and Gigi and everybody else. And, you know, guys like, let's use this time because tomorrow isn't promised to secure and set up your legacy the right way, right? That, do you have life insurance? Do you have a basic will in place? I don't care how old you are, right? You, you want whatever you have left to go to somebody, right? Do you have that stuff in place? You know, one thing that a lot of entrepreneurs, it just like cracks me up that people in 2020 are still like sending manual invoices on PayPal, but that's not here nor there. <laughs> but what I found out is, you know, like a lot of people, they go and, you know, they set up their LLC on like LegalZoom or whatever, or they like file it. And it's like, even in the operating agreement of your business, like, is there something, you know, that you have in there that indicates like what happens if you pass away? So for example, for me, um, you know, it's, you have a beneficiary. So if I pass away, like 
if I ever sell another book on Amazon, who gets it? Like, who's gonna, you know, take over whatever, any recurring revenue that I have coming in from clients? Like, where, what happens, right? What happens and how are you setting up systems so that the money doesn't stop? Because we're so good at setting up systems to make money, right? But we're Mm. not very good at setting up systems to preserve that money. Um, And one thing too, you know, that I think holds a lot of us up is like, going back to Kobe, like Kobe loved basketball, but he knew that basketball was his job. Basketball was a mean to an end, right? He was an employee of the National Basketball Association, the Lakers organization, a very well-paid employee, but an employee nonetheless, right? And when we start to look at whatever it is that we do as us being employees, whether it's we're employees of our businesses or employees of companies that, you know, we love to work for or whatever and understand like, I'm going to get this bag for this particular moment, understanding that this bag is going to get me somewhere else. Um, I think we wouldn't be so miserable and job hopping and bouncing from place to place to place to place, you know, unlike our parents, right? Unlike the older generation that it was cool for them to stay somewhere for 20 years because they knew like I'm doing this so I could provide for my family there's no and you know I'm not comparing myself to anybody on anybody's social media because that doesn't exist you know I still got to pick up the phone to call my wife um so I really really loved watching that part of you know when he passed away, like all the interviews and stuff like that, that were coming up where he was just so focused on like basketball was not, is not who I am. It's something that I love to do. It's, it's something that I did, but I'm focused on like these other things. So yeah, maybe you don't have 6 million to invest in body armor, but maybe you have 600 to invest in this or 6,000 a year to invest in that. I believe in to max out an IRA is like $5,600 for the year or something like that. Right. So it's like, it's not, impossible to do these things but when we see such big numbers and when it's only sexy to be super uber rich and it's not sexy to be consistent and save right we start to have distorted mindsets around what building wealth really looks like because there's no ink article that says small business owner makes twenty thousand dollar salary at franchise, like nobody is talking about that, right? We only hear about, oh, tech founder makes 50 million billion valuation. You know, we hear all those stories and it starts to become more and more unrealistic in our minds, right? So like being able to take lessons and nuggets from, yes, the uber wealthy and athletes or whatever, and think about, okay, well, how can I apply that to my everyday life? That's really I believe the way that we're going to, you know, be able to change the game and and change the trajectory of our lives moving forward. I love it. I just thought of two great ideas, right? Idea number one is maybe we can make a a commitment to finding and highlighting everyday millionaires, right? Everyday people. Um, And so maybe, I don't know, we just, we just put it out there. Hey, like you can message us privately or whatever, but like finding people who are doing everyday stuff, who are being consistent and building, building their path to wealth. So whether they're a millionaire or not, maybe they're on the path. And the other thing we can do is, is consistently provide gyms, George and M, right? Get it, gyms. Uh, <laughs> consistently provide gyms on how, okay, I know we're not knocking entrepreneurship. We both have businesses, right? I'm not, we just are trying to save you guys, right? So how can you guys create that consistency and still build wealth in the midst of building your business, and not be blindsided by all the sensationalized aspects of entrepreneurship. I think those should be two cornerstones of the stuff we talk about, highlighting everyday people, so reminding us, hey, look, the path to wealth is not 
of the billion dollar valuation and getting funded in Silicon Valley, right? That's an anomaly, if we're being honest, because for every Facebook, you know, companies like that, there's a hundred losers. Quick stat, since we since in gave us a lot of stats, I'm gonna give you a quick stat. 76% of the companies that were in the S&P 500 30 years ago are not there today, right? What does that mean? What that means is that just because a company is successful, you're, you're a business owner too, right? Mr. Business Owner, Mrs. Business Owner, listen to this. If those businesses at the highest level can fail and phase out, that means yours can too, right? So you're better off making sure you set up slow, steady, consistent things independent from your business because if you're tying up all your claim to fame or wealth in your business, there's a strong chance you might lose, right? So you're not even independent of your business, independent of you, right? Because one thing that I had to come to grips with is the fact that I have, unfortunately, a knowledge-based, service-based business, which requires me or my brain to show up to generate income, right? So the moment that I'm sick, the moment that I want to take a vacation, the moment that I shut the doors, the business is going to go too, right? Um, so I always talk about uh, building legacy, building businesses, right? Because it's like, yeah, it's great that you're a coach and it's great that, you know, you've made all this money, but it's like the moment that you're not there to coach, the moment that you're not there to teach the class, the moment that you're not there to speak, the moment that you're not there to do whatever, mm-hmm. the money's not going to be there either. You know, that's why I've really focused on pivoting to doing more passive things, more courses, going back to books, going back to the things that I know that if I'm not physically present, they can still make money on my behalf. Um, And just understanding too, you know, Jay-Z also is one of the celebrity like investors that I really love to watch um, because I know he invested in like Carol's daughter. Carol's daughter got acquired by L'Oreal, right? So he came up on a bag. Um, And it's not even, you know, doing something extraordinary it's just being able to say hey i'm taking my money and i'm going to make it work for me period mm-hmm. right um so if you do have a um presence uh, a presence required business is what i'm going to call it for right now mm-hmm. i would encourage you and implore you to figure out how can i make how can I ride the train for as long as possible, right? How can I make the most money as quickly as possible for the next five, 10, whatever years that you're going to coach, do this service, be a small business accountant, whatever. And how are you going to take that money and invest it so that you can build wealth when you're tired, when you move on to something else, when the doors close, you know, whatever it is. I know for me personally, like I've been doing this for seven years now. And it's like, you know, God forbid, if tomorrow it all goes down the drain, it's like, I'll have something to show for it. I'll have a house to show for it. You know, I have investment accounts to show for it. I have something to show for all of the, you know, sleepless nights and and whatever. So if you take anything away from, from this episode today, it's just figuring out how can you, you know, really create systems and processes and and set goals in your life so that you can have the money that you make today outlive you tomorrow and that is that on that um and i'll, I'll kind of uh, close close us out shortly by just saying if you if you follow me or heard me talk about anything or come to one of my talks before you know i'm really big on the wealth triangle as a matter of fact when me and m first met in person was at a speaking engagement we both got invited to speak and that's one of the things i talked about right and so the the first tiers we get it like your high income skill set, you make you money, you're a coach, you're a consultant, you take your photographer, videographer, you're making you money. Great. Here's the key to wealth though. Ideally, you get better, 
you get more skills, what you charge goes up, right? But your lifestyle doesn't have to. And so now what does that mean? If I'm making more money, but my lifestyle has not really gone up crazy to match it, then I can reinvest some of that money into now making that business scalable, right? Where people or systems make you money, right? So M says she sells, she's selling books. Um, you know, she has things that can make her money when she's not there. It's huge, right? And I'm gonna be honest with you, she's addictive. I remember when I was in China, um, thank God not th around this time this year, but I was in China like th uh, last year around this time. And someone had posted um, like my, my 3B sweatshirt for Melanin Money on the black main can or something. I'm in China, I'm like, my phone's blowing up. I'm like, where are these orders coming from? And um, it's because, you know, again, internet, wonderful world of e-commerce, something I didn't, have to, I didn't have to manage. Now, now that, you know, granted someone else handles the fulfillment. So it's even better if like it's a digital product or something because that can just, so I can buy it and download it. But anyways, people or systems making you money. And then the last tier is money making you money, right? Investing in something where literally you wake up and the money is your soldier. Like the money is out here busting his head, <laughs> like, you know, going to work for you. Like that is the, that is the way to wealth, right? M said it about 20, 15 minutes ago. If you don't figure out how to make money in your sleep, you will work until you die. Like really grasp that. If you're a service-based entrepreneur, you might've blew it up and made three, 400K this year. I'm, kudos. Matter of fact, I think, where's the round of applause? Right. I'm proud of you. Right, I'm happy. Jordan has been hyped to use these effects today, y'all. Today was a light day. I got some heat for y'all next time. <laughs> but guys, <laughs> if you aren't there, you, you got to start over every year. Like think scalability. That's the one thing I do like about companies that are born out of the Silicon Valley era, right? Like in order to get that investor money, they have to show like, this is how we can scale this thing. This is why it doesn't require me which is why you see CEOs oftentimes, sometimes not even end up being the person who's leading the company years down the road, right? And that's a whole another conversation for another day, but build something, whether it's through the way you build your business first, and then the way you build your investment structure second, your money needs to be working for you independent of you, right? And that is the way to wealth. So guys, thank you so much for tuning into the very first uh, segment of Culture and Coins, which we're speaking into existence. We know it's going to be its own thing. So guys, like this uh, episode, share it. Uh, when we post it on social, you know, let us know what you think about it. Maybe I'll even do a Melanin Money giveaway. Um, but man, we were super excited about this segment. I honestly think this is probably the most tactical. I've even talked about money on a podcast episode ever. So that's, you know, so thank you, M, for, for bringing, out, bringing that out of me. Um, but Because uh, <laughs> M said she wants the tea and we're going to talk about it. Um, so super excited. Guys. M, anything you want to close us out with? No, I had a blast as always. I'm really excited to, you know, do more episodes and, and talk about more, <sighs> more real life stuff. You know, I, like I said, I don't think that there's any resource out there um, really talking to the business owner, the entrepreneurial. And even if you don't have... Um, a business, you can still be entrepreneurial, right? You can be an intrapreneur, but we could talk about that on a whole nother episode. But more of the story is I really feel like we can fill that gap. Um, but it's really up to you guys to make sure that you're, you're letting us know, sending us questions, letting us know what you want to hear about, what you want to talk about, any news um, that you guys find interesting that you want us to, you know, bring up on the show. Definitely um, help us make this, you know, 
a show that works for you guys because at the end of the day, George and I, we're going to be millionaires. Okay, mm-hmm. millionaires, probably. Uh, well, so it's like, it's about helping y'all fill the gaps in your life um, so that you can do it too. In the words of the famous philosopher Cameron Giles, I'm going to eat regardless, B. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So this is... <laughs> This is on y'all. Like we, we, we're here to give y'all this game. Um, we're here to share and highlight what y'all want to hear. So access, like when we post these episodes, drop notes and I mean drop comments. Hey, can y'all talk about this? I saw this. Now we might have to vet it out because some of y'all be on some foolery. But um, if it's anything of any any worthwhile topic, we'll absolutely explore it on the show. Hell, if you send an audio clip, we might even you know play it on the show, and you can have your your feature on the culture and coin segment. Awesome. All right, y'all. Well, we will see you at the next episode. Be sure to follow us on social media. Both of us have complicated names, so just go in the show notes (laughs) and copy and paste. (laughs) Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to an episode of the Uncensored Show. Take at least one thing you heard today and apply it to your life immediately so that you can become one step closer to living a more meaningful and fulfilling life and aligning your resources to what matters most to you. Remember, money is just a resource to fuel your journey. The question is, what's yours? What's going on, guys? Thank you so much for listening to the Uncensored Podcast. Whether you've listened to one episode or 40 episodes, I am so grateful for you taking any amount of time out of your day to listen to my show. Now, if you like what you heard, the best way to show me that you have an appreciation for this content is to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and share this podcast with at least three friends because that helps us spread the word, right? We don't have a big marketing budget over here at the Uncensored uh, Podcast Studios, which is my home office, by the way, but we do have your support. And with that support, we can reach thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. So guys, thanks so much uh, for your support. Please share this with three friends and leave a review and we'll see you on the next episode.